Good afternoon. This is Debbie Q, and you're listening to The Right Shoe. The Right Shoe is a podcast. It's about all things strange and unusual, mostly in reference to death, unusual deaths, or a lot of true crime, but not always true crime. Sometimes it's unfortunate incidents for people, or the last one was about Gia and Nancy Spungen, and I did that because I've always been so enamored by both of them. So I I wanted that to be in my podcast collection. Today I have a a story that it's quite an interesting story. It's also, I did put out my website, which is therightshoepodcast.com. That's therightshoepodcast.com. That has all my podcasts on it. I put pictures up there and I do want to have like something called shoelaces where it's just like little stories that don't warrant a whole podcast, but yet I can put them up there. That'll be coming next because I found so much stuff that I can put up there. Today, we're going to talk about Angel Bumpus. She is a young lady who was born March 3rd, 1995. She's about 25 now. She's a very pretty girl. So anyway, besides that, besides her looks, she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders. There was a show. I, I'll i just mention the show now. It was called, it was on A&E called Accused. This is when I first heard about Angel. I had never heard of her before. This is what introduced me to her. Some points will reference that show because I got to see, you know, sometimes when you're reading it's different than when you're watching something because you, you're you not getting their inflections. Sometimes you can tell a lot about someone by how they say something rather than just what's on paper. I was real glad to have caught that accused with her. If you get a chance, I would definitely suggest watching that on top of this podcast. I might add stuff, but there, it is interesting to see people in action. Angel grew up, and she even says this, that it was hard for her in the beginning What happened was her dad was never really in the picture until she was about 10. Before that, her mother, when she was only seven, had been arrested for... She actually was in a prisoner transportation vehicle. And the deputy that was driving her had opened the window to give her some air. And she stuck her hand through the window. A struggle ensued. And she grabbed the gun and shot the deputy... Glenda Shelton was the deputy's name. She survived, but in the meantime, she also turned the gun on a passerby who was driving in a pickup truck. And I guess she was trying to get away, and the police got her, it seems, pretty immediately. The both victims survived, but she did get 40 years. Now, I, now this is Tennessee law, and I'm not as familiar with Tennessee law as I am Philadelphia and PA law, but Philadelphia is literally in, a, in its own little world. But the thing is, I, I don't know if she's getting out soon, maybe, Tamika, her mom, Angel's mom, because I was looking, and, and, and I always go through this prison pen pal site, and Tamika was there, and, you know, she wanted a friend. She was at the end of a long sentence, so I assume that she's getting out soon. You know, she would have been in there quite a long time by now. Yeah, I, I, I'm about 20 years. So yeah, okay. She might be getting time off for good behavior or something. I'm not sure. Back to Angel, because her mother was away at that time for such a long prison sentence and her dad wasn't around, she had to go live with her grandparents. 
and I don't think she had a great time at her grandparents. According to her, like, she never felt loved. Uh, they, they weren't, like, the touchy-feely kind of grandparents. And she said she always wanted that. She she wanted to be told that she was loved, you know? And, and she just didn't feel that. And it, it affected her deeply. And, and you could just tell that her grandfather, he, he seemed really cool. Uh, her grandmother, I, I, I don't know her, but she seemed cold to me. I think if a kid's never told when they're younger that they're loved or they don't feel loved, I think it messes people up, you know. You know, you need that when you're when you're young. So I, I felt really bad when she was telling the story because you could kind of see the, the there's a little tension. So Angel, she took it upon herself to just plow through it and say that that was not going to bother her and she was going to make it. She was the eldest daughter her all her younger siblings she took under her wing and she would like do arts and crafts with them she really dreamed of being like a fashion designer in new york you know she had dreams aspirations she seemed like a a great girl i good head on her shoulders knows what she wants she's going about her life and she turns 23 and she during this process, she not only moved to Kentucky when she was 16, and that was directly because she said she just never felt like she belonged in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So she moved 300 miles away to Kentucky, and she had two children of her own, two daughters. So cute. Uh, I'm going to put pictures on my website. I, had, I found a nice picture of her and her daughters. She really... It seems like a good mom, you know, everything's just looking up. Well, here comes 2018. It was June. It was a warm day. And well, in Tennessee, I'm sure most of the days are warm. They come to her front door and they say that she's under arrest for felony murder. Felony murder with special circumstances for aggravated robbery. I mean... And they said it happened nine years ago when she was 13. And she was just like, what? I mean, if somebody came knocking at my door and said I was arrested for murder, I would fall to the floor. I would be stunned. But that's what happened. She went to Jefferson County Jail, and while she was, you know, and, and meanwhile, she had gotten into this technical college, and she was going forward for her nursing degree. You know, she had stuff to do. There was a Garth Best. He came in, and he seemed pretty confident. He said, listen, I'll get this dismissed right away in the juvenile courts. No problem. That didn't happen. It went right to trial, and it, it seemed to get worse from there. She was going to have to go to trial with a Mallory Vaughn. I know there's there's a lot of names going here, but a Nicholas Cheatham had said that Mallory Vaughn, he was in jail and Nicholas Cheatham was trying to get time off of his sentence. And he said that Mallory Vaughn told him that he had been involved in this robbery that went wrong. He, to quote, wrapped the victim like a mummy and the duct tape, it went bad. So this brings us to what actually happened. Like, what is this murder? What is everyone talking about? What duct tape? It turns out that there was a guy named Franklin Cookie Bonner. He was 78 years old. His wife had come home for lunch one day from work and found him tied to a chair with duct tape. 
Not only that, he was dead because the person that had done, had duct tape him, put it over his mouth and he suffocated. So she did call 911. She was hysterical. They could never revive him. And during all these proceedings, she said that he did sell marijuana. He would buy like a pound. And then she said that he would sell it to working class folks for like 20s, 40s, and ounces. So it was like a small marijuana, small time, but he had marijuana and money in the house. That's what the prosecution claims that everyone was going for when Mr. Bonner was killed. What happened and why they arrested Angel? They had found several fingerprints on the duct tape, on the inside of the duct tape. They really couldn't find any matches, but they did find two, they, they did find two distinct fingerprints that there suddenly was a match. And this was nine years later. Like this case had obviously gone cold. And I guess the Bonner family kept calling and saying, is there any progress on this case? And then finally they ran the fingerprints again and Angel Bumpus had been, she had been brought in. I guess she was arrested for this. I, I, Tennessee seems a little harsher than Philly because I don't know if they would bring someone in in Philly for this, but she had gotten a, a speeding ticket that she didn't pay. So when they pulled her over, they brought her in for that and they fingerprinted her. Well, that's when she was fingerprinted, it ran through and it, there was a match. It hit the duct tape, two prints, one that had been on Franklin Bonner's leg and the other that had been on his face. And it was a match to Angel Bumpus. Now, I am a little more knowledgeable about DNA than I am fingerprint science. I did ask homicide. I said, what is that compelling evidence? And they said, yes, two fingerprints. And on the inside of the duct tape, that means that she, that whoever those fingerprints were, that person was there. There was a point where the grandfather said that when Angel was little, he would throw the tape to her he would pull out the sticky side so that she could catch it. Now that's all fine and good, but the problem is is Franklin Bonner and Angel Bumpus's grandfather, they lived two and a half miles apart. So when they, I guess the grandfather was trying to say that when they went into the, you know, whoever went into this house brought that duct tape and somehow made it to Franklin Bonner's house and that's how her fingerprints could have got on the duct tape. Which that, I mean, to me, that sounds okay, but I, it seems like this case is for people that are more knowledgeable with forensics. Because again, when I said this to homicide, they said that the chance of that is just, it's extremely rare. Like she was there, she was pulling that duct tape off. Okay. That being said, I have my own theories of what happened. I'll get to that later. So this is all coming out. And, and in meanwhile, I, I guess she did get out on bond, but you know, her life is on the line. Tennessee, I mean, they they, they don't play around, that's for sure. I, I mean, not that um, and the murder is horrific, and I, gosh, my God, I feel so sorry for his wife. The evidence, to me, to me, I, I, it's compelling somewhat, but to me, there was other things that were more bothersome than even the fingerprints. Now, certain things struck me. One of the things was that Angel did say, you know, I don't know the victim. When Andrea Hayduck, who was her attorney, showed her the picture of Mr. Bonner taped up, 
she said, I, I don't know him or her co-defendant, who was Mallory Vaughn, who was 13 years her senior, which at 23 and 36 doesn't sound so bad, but at 13 and 26 it just sounds weird. So she said she didn't know the co-defendant or the victim, which I can believe that. But she never said, I'm innocent. She never once, like, screamed, you know, I am innocent in these charges. She just kept saying, they would ask her, and she just kept saying, oh, I don't exactly know. She was giving these very, and even the attorneys, they kept saying, like, if you know anything about this case, they will let you go. There was a couple more things that happened that were interesting. One was the fact that the the grandmother, Shirley Bumpus, you know, in the beginning in 2009 when the crime happened, she said, you know, she had been the last to call Mr. Bonner. Mrs. Bonner said that Shirley was one of his customers for the marijuana. So she was the last one on his caller ID. But when they asked her about it again this time, all these years later, she kept saying, oh, no, I have nothing to do with it. And, and her answers were very curt and like she was almost trying to distance herself like, oh, it happened all these years ago. I'm just going to deny, deny, deny. And it came off poorly. It did not. It looked like she was just not telling the truth. Then they had a conversation between her brothers in jail on the phone. They had taped it and the guy said, Angel is locked up. I can't. I, I don't know the exact, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, you know what happened nine years ago? And the, and the brother's like, what? Really? What? And he said, think about it. Think about it. So, so the family knows something. I mean, it, it was obvious. I mean, come on. The thing is that Angel, all her life, she's like a model kid. I mean, she takes care of her 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 siblings then she has two children she raises them she's she's about to go to nursing school i was thrown i you know i could see if you got a kid who's always been like sliding like towards the bad side or smoking weed or believe me i i do not think it's negative i'm just saying like she wasn't in a part of that lifestyle at all you know, no drinking, no drugs, no nothing. She was just like a good girl. So to just have this one incident in her entire life, like where the heck that come from? It didn't fit. It it doesn't fit with her character. So that to me was, I'm floored here. I mean, you know, and then I started reading and reading and reading because I am just, I'm fascinated with the law because I think the law is, you know, it could be used so constructively, but at this point, it, it, you know, one thing she said that was so true was you are guilty until proven innocent. And, and that is true. And it is. And that's a, so unfortunate. In this society, you are guilty until proven innocent. And if you have money, nine times out of 10, you're going to be fine. I mean, it is all about how, which lawyer can dig up the most, you know, oddball, obscure reference in those dusty old law books and fight. I mean, I know these lawyers down in Center City. Yeah, I, I don't want to name the one guy, but he's like a high-profile attorney in Philadelphia. His first name's Lou. But everyone's always like, oh my God, he's a scumbag and a half, but he's the one you want for a lawyer because he will. He, and I, I'll be damned if my friend one time got charged with something and he got him off of it so fast 
it was crazy. I mean, but that's what you want. And it's unfortunate because that's, it's like, are we going through common sense or are we just going by who can win, you know, with words? And and that's what it is. That's what the law is. And it's all what you know. I mean, like homicide tells me, you know, there's kids that are young. As I said, 13, you know, I'm saying angels, 13, and they're like, Dad, there's 10-year-olds that come in here that know the law. They know their rights. They, they're on bikes shooting each other. I mean, when you're brought up around guns and violence, you're going to you're gonna be reactive to that. There's always uh, exceptions to the rule, for the most part. You're around guns and violence your whole life. That's how you're going to grow up, period, the end. I kept saying, but... She just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit her. Yet there's all this, you know, there's the two fingerprints and the fact that the family seems to know something's up. It was upsetting to say the least. So they go to trial. They they have Mallory Vaughn and her. Their trials are together and that always baffled me. I didn't even know they could do that until recently. Going through the transcripts, I mean, really the only thing that they had on Mallory Vaughn was this Nicholas Cheatham. Said all the lawyers say their closing arguments. I think Angel wanted to speak up in her defense, but Andrea Hayduck, she was a little worried because I mean, it's true. The one thing they want to hear about is that there's fingerprints and a lawyer could trip her up. You don't want to say something about those fingerprints. There's really no way to explain that away. I know the grandfather said that he was throwing her the duct tape, but for the most part, it just sounds bad. You know, that's a bad physical thing. Like fingerprints and DNA. uh. And I know there's all the cases that are, I know, believe me, I know innocent people go to jail all the time. I'm hardly naive to that fact. But in this instance, I mean, I've really taken into consideration everything that I read, everything that I'm saying. And and she was getting frustrated because I, I think she could, you know, they were doing like mock trials and they kept saying over and over, if you know anything, and she kept saying, no, I don't. But with all these things the family was saying, and it just doesn't come off well. But again, you know, Angel putting her, taking all this away and just her, it doesn't make sense. She is like a, a model kid. She's a model. At this point, she's a young adult now. Model young adult. I mean, she really had it together. I, you know, so she's waiting. You know, and she's, I think you could tell the frustration. And she's saying, like, I just don't feel good about this. But I kept thinking probation. And that, that was my thought. That was, I really thought that. I thought, you know two years or something. I don't probation, five years. They deliberate for four hours, which is never a good sign. It usually means, you know, that's just a bad sign. It means they really, to me, when when you're deliberating four hours for a murder case, I would think either there's not much to go over or they're not really going over much. So they come back and man, when this happened, I'll tell you, I, I was floored. Now, Mallory Vaughn, not guilty. Now, I know that he, there was no physical evidence. So then I thought, well, hey, you know, she's going to be out. I mean, again, again please understand that I, this has nothing to do with Mr. Bonner. That is horrible. And I'll tell you what I think happened. And I just really... For the victim's family, I am totally... This has nothing to do with him. I'm speaking purely about Angel. 
pay for first-degree murder guilty. I mean, dead guilty. Guilty. Like, 61 years guilty. Couldn't believe what I was hearing. I kept thinking, no, they had to have given it to that the guy. I just couldn't. I was blown away. 61 years. I mean, did the... Of course, I didn't see the whole trial, and I read the little transcripts that I could, but did they even bring up, like, what hell out of character this was for her? And then I'm thinking, well, sometimes with juries, like, they'll say, well, you can get, you know, you can say manslaughter, second degree, first degree, and then you got levels that you can give, and then the punishment is different. But other times, they'll say, you know, you can, it's only guilty or not guilty, and then they don't have much choice. It seems like they had only given them, there's just no way, how the heck are these first degree murders 61 years? So then the punishment is the same. Like if you, I think it goes by, you know, if you got guilty for first degree murder, then you get X amount of years. So I, I don't, I think their hands were tied with that too, with the limited choices. I just really think, I think Angel Bumpus in life got a bad deal. She was making the best of it. Now, with this Franklin Bonner case, though, what I believe happened, and I believe it in my heart of hearts, I think she was 13 years old. I don't think she knew a damn thing of what they were doing. She just happened to be there. They were like, Angel, we're going somewhere. Here, rip off this duct tape. And she was probably there when it was happening. Cognitively, might have not been totally aware of what was going on and then just did as she was told you know here's the duct tape that's why when she said i don't know franklin bonner or mallory vaughn i do believe she was telling the truth i don't think she knew either of them i think other people in the family did and i i don't know who they were i have my suspicions about that but i'm not going to say because they were not accused but i do believe that there's something very wrong with this case I guess Franklin Bonner's wife might have been a slightly pleased because, okay, you got some semblance of justice. Is that truly justice? I mean, you're putting a kid in jail for 61 years for two fingerprints when her entire life, there was nothing. There was nothing. She had one speeding ticket. I, I couldn't get over that. I was truly, truly shocked. Now, I know she's appealing this decision. It was supposed to go March 27th of this year because of the COVID virus. It's on hold right now. And, and there's no other date that I've seen. I've been watching. There's there's justice for Angel Bumpus. There's a, if you put in Angel Bumpus in Google, it will come up a lot of different things and and then you think my god her mom's been in jail for so long and she did she really was struggling to to get away from this whole mess that instance when they read that you could see the shock on her face you could see the shock on my face and then when she kind of like moved like she was gonna try to run and um the lawyer kind of grabbed at her I really felt for her in that moment. The fear. I I just felt fear. I looked her mom up and 
And she like, you know, when you read about the things people do and it sounds, you know, like you're like, oh my God, this person. But then like she was on this one pen pal site, like you realize that everyone has like this two sides of themselves, the sides that they put out to others and the sides that's inside. It's a shame just all around that it's been in her family, this whole criminal activity crap. And she tries to get away from it. And then this happens. Do I think she was standing there with the duct tape, the mask? mind of this absolutely not and that's why i think they really stuck it to her because they couldn't mallory vaughn there was no there was just no physical proof except for that guy and that's hearsay kind of and plus he was trying to get a lighter sentence so they just didn't pay it any mind they they really went for angel they i i just don't think she would like if you if it wasn't premeditated it wasn't you know, she's not a psychopath. We can tell. And and the way she's lived her life, it just doesn't match. I truly think that she was just young and she happened to be there. And yeah, she probably did rip the duct tape off. But do I think she really had knowledge of what she was doing? No. And I think that should have maybe been brought up i guess the lawyer's hands were tied because she kept saying i i had not you know i have no knowledge i you know i ever like think of things like you think oh if i was her lawyer i hope that they find out who really was the mastermind of that although at this point i'm sure it's like beating a dead horse it seems like a case that's not that they're not going to go back into and you know if she does get her appeal I'm sure they'll take it an entirely different avenue. I don't know. It just, I, I, it just doesn't. Common sense tells me that she wasn't the mastermind. So unless you're, there's that, uh, when you, uh, crime of passion and then there's premeditated cold blooded murder. I don't think she would even was the either of them I, I just don't see her and this guy Mallory it just doesn't make sense it really doesn't so that 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 was a that case threw me but I feel bad for Franklin Bonner's wife that's kind of my god I can't imagine walking in your husband's dead because somebody duct taped them again just bringing you some interesting cases I also look forward to my other cases besides i i know i was talking about Lori valo she's gonna be a doozy and i want to see a little bit of what happens first they're just starting to bring her into court also i have a really good case that i when i was younger i remember reading about this guy and then joey coyle that case because that case always it's not like a case it's like his life it's kind of like the nancy spongin one Again, it really goes with the website. I'm telling you, it's uh, the right shoe podcast.com and my email links in there. And I still, um, it's going to grow. I, you know, um, it's tough because I, you know, I, I was off for COVID. I had a lot more time to concentrate on the podcast. I'm still working it. I will get to these cases. This is Debbie Q and you're listening to the right shoe. Bye bye.